Um, well, I want to invite three of my friends up to the stage with me, Tamsin, Hanukkah, and Daisy. Could you please come join me on stage in church? Can we please welcome these ladies to the stage? And as they come, how cute is the Mother's Day gift this year? I absolutely love it. Now, hands up if you haven't opened the plastic sleeve yet. Oh, good. Hands up if you already opened it and looked at all 12 cards. Oh, wow. See, you thought you'd look at it straight away. Yeah, you would. <laughs> but they're really cute. One side has a quote and the other side has a scripture. And I can't wait for you guys to put that up in your homes or your office, wherever. But I'm going to let my friends introduce themselves to you. So why don't y'all let us know your name, who you're married to, kids and ages, and where people might have seen you, because all three of these ladies serve on our dream team, so you might recognize their faces. Um, hi, everyone. I am Tamsin, and I'm married to my husband, John, and I've got two little kitties, um, Jackson, who's three, and Grace, who is eight months old. And you'll probably most likely find me in the parents' room. Hi, I'm Hanukkah, and I'm married to Brendan, and I have four children. Eden is 17, Isaac is 15, Anae is 13, and Chloe is... 10, and we are um, dream team leaders of Team 2. Hi, good morning. I'm Daisy. Um, I'm married to Wesley. I've got Samuel, who's 21, who serves at PowerZone, and Lemuel, who is 16, who serves in Voltage. Wesley and I um, serve at the guest lounge. We chose that because we're closer to the brownies. There's always brownies there. We do have some special treats later, but every week there's always brownies in the guest lounge. I love that. And my name's Darcy, by the way, if I haven't met you yet. Um, my husband, Adam, and I are the lead pastors of this church. And we are, I, in the first service, I said five months pregnant, but I think I'm actually closer to six months pregnant. So lost track of time, but little baby on the way. So we've got the full spectrum uh, of ages here. Um, but as we jump into it, I, I want you guys all to lean into this panel because these ladies shared so much wisdom in the 9 a.m. service. And this isn't just a panel for women. This isn't just a panel for moms, but this is for everybody in the room. So lean into their stories and what they have to say. But I know that Every parent has had an embarrassing moment before. And so I want you guys to let us know a little bit about an embarrassing moment that happened or maybe something outrageous that your kids said um, and what happened. Um, so my story is um, around my mum brain. Um, I was actually attending a funeral, so a very bad way to start the story. But I was attending a funeral of... Um, a person who had a great long life um, and was with Jesus. And um, yeah, so we afterwards we went to the lady's house whose husband had passed away and we were having um, some stuff to eat there. Jackson needed a nappy change. So I went to change his nappy. It was particularly foul smelling. So I was like, I'm not going to put that in my bag, but I'm going to take it outside next to my bag and I'll remember to take it home. Uh, I didn't. I was <laughs> driving on the motorway home and I went, where is that nappy? Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, when I got home, I had to do this um, lovely phone call to a lovely little lady who just lost her husband and said, I'm so sorry that I left something terrible on your doorstep for you. I'm very, very sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes, I have a few to choose from, but um, the one I chose was um, we were in Thames and I had uh, parked up and left the kids in the car. I was just racing in to get some milk from the Foursquare and... Um, so I raced, raced in, got it, came out, jumped in the car, put my stuff down, was looking for the keys, and this girl said to me, uh, what are you doing? And um, I jumped in the wrong car. 
and it was the same car as mine and had like older girl in the front and kids but yeah there was my car with my kids two cars down <laughs> well like um hanukkah said there's quite a few but the one that i chose um was what i got a learning from it was a good learning so this is when samuel was um probably in his year one or year two and one day he comes home and tells me a story about what happened in school and this particular boy who behaved in, um, in a way that he thought wasn't right. So he, you know, I was listening to all the story and then after we finished the story, when I just walked away, I said, oh, that's, that boy must have been really evil. Um, and I didn't realize that Samuel was still there and I walked away. And then a few weeks by, went by and then there was uh, a parent-teachers meeting that came along. And I went for that. And there I'm standing with another parent and a child. And I hear Samuel talking to the boy. My mom called you evil. <laughs> and that was when I thought, okay, learned the lesson. Never say such things in front of kids. And then I became a Christian mother, by the way. <laughs> oh, I love that. Hanukkah, I want to know, did your kids see you hop in the wrong car and not say anything? No, no. <laughs> oh, I love that. If I, was, if I saw my mom hopping in the wrong car, I totally would have let it happen, and I'd just be cracking up in the other one. Um, well, I know that being a parent has its good days and its bad days, and sometimes you need advice from other people or maybe from your own parents. I want to know, as you stepped into the journey of parenthood or somewhere along the way, what is the best piece of advice anybody has ever given you? I can probably start. Um, I think one of the best advices that I've got is from my mum. When I had Samuel, which was after many years, and you know you you are already very excited. That was one, and then you look around and you think, okay, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the best mum ever, and I'm going to be the showcase for that. Um, And then you obviously burn out because, like, in few days. Um, and then, you know, your mother looks at you, and that's what mom did. And she said, do you realize this is not a race? You're no longer an athlete. This is motherhood. I'm like, okay, what are you trying to tell me? She said, well, you need to take it one day at a time. And you cannot be a super mom. No one is a super mom. But what you got to do is pray and ask God to give you that grace and strength every day and ask for advice around you and be the person who you can be. So you only try to be a super mum, but never be one. Um, Mine would be, uh, you can always change a bad habit. So whether it goes from um, a baby that you've ended up rocking to sleep and now they won't self-settle, to toddler tantrums, to middle school sass, to teenagers, I think you're never stuck. You can always, sometimes it does, you need to pray, you need to think, but you can always change a behaviour that isn't working for your family, for your child. So, Um, Yeah, piece of advice that I got given um, was from a colleague and she said to me that when she was in her roughest moments, she would say these four words, this too shall pass. And she actually had something that she would do. So she would tap on her uh, her thigh, this too shall pass. Um, And that's been huge for me. Any moment where I'm like, oh, what am I doing? This is too much. I can't deal. Um, This too shall pass. But also remembering that in the moments that are really good. So treasure those moments because this too shall pass. And um, yeah, that just is life in those roundabouts. Yeah. And I think all three pieces of advice can actually be applied to 
uh, every journey, even outside of parenthood. This isn't just for parents, but remembering that piece of advice in whatever season it is that you're walking in, because all three of those things can be applied no matter the context. Um, before I jump into a little bit more of a serious question, uh, I want to know, is there anything that your parents used to say to you all the time when you were a kid? And in your mind, you're like, I'm never going to say that to my kids, but you totally have now. Maybe it hasn't happened, but I know my parents would always say these things. <laughs> I know that Frosty's favorite thing that he, <laughs> he, he can't wait to say this. His mom used to say this to him, but he goes, <laughs> I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it. <laughs> Has that happened to any of y'all? You guys are just amazing super moms that never Probably say anything like that time, <laughs> Probably around dinner time. You'll eat that dinner for breakfast if you don't eat it now. Oh, Something yeah. like that. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know, what has um, being a parent revealed to you about God's character and his love for you? Has it changed your perspective of God in any way since you became a mom? I think for me, I've just been so in awe at God's creativity. Like, it's been so cool to see. Uh, Grace is only eight months, but I can already see how different character she is to her brother. And mm. it's the same genes coming. It's the same people raising you. But mm. um, God is just so clever and so creative in how he makes us yeah. each unique. And that's yeah. been so cool to see. Yeah, that's so cool. I think for me, it just really revealed um, a deep dependence on God. Like, we just cannot mm. do this on our own. And I just yeah. find myself through all their... Um, childhood years, just praying, even now, just praying, mm. praying, praying, and just that deep um, trust that God is good, and he loves my kids more than than um, I possibly even can, mm. so that, yeah, just that real, like, I could not do this on my own, I really yeah. need God's help, yeah. I think for me, the one thing that I learned was about forgiveness. I couldn't fathom the word forgiveness at, at that age, and I couldn't probably comprehend how much God goes to the extent of forgiving us. And I personally experienced it when I, I had children. So when a child makes a mistake, you understand that and you forgive. That's when I realized what God was doing to us. Wow. So I learned about forgiveness as a whole. Um, you all heard this phrase before. In fact, many of us have heard this phrase. It takes a village to raise a child. And I think sometimes we can uh, tend to isolate ourselves, especially in today's world and today's culture. We think, oh, I can do this on my own. I don't want to show my weakness. I don't want to pretend as if I need help. I've got this. I can sort it out. I'll just Google a solution, you know, or whatever it may be. Um, and even in the world that we live in, you know, people are moving to different countries or different cities. They might not have their blood-related family around them, but even in those environments, we still need a village. And so I'm wondering, in what way has the church community played that village role in your life? How has it shaped the way that you parent your kids? Anybody can answer. For me, um, it is a little story. Um, we waited to have a child for three years, and then we had this miracle baby, Samuel, who was given to us by God. And even before I conceived, both Wesley and I um, dedicated this child who was yet to be born to be, um, you know, a mission um, worker for God and, you know, would dedicate him to God. And at that time, 
we did it. But then when Samuel was born and we looked at the child and we looked at each other and we thought, how are we going to do this? We don't know. Um, so we, we prayed about it and, and then two years later we moved into New Zealand. And so we were on our own in this country and, and we didn't know, you know, in terms of even living. But then we're looking ahead and that big commitment that we made, how are we going to make that happen? That's when we stepped into the village of Elam. And when we stepped in, we realized how much Elam as, you know, had to offer to us and the opportunity it created for us as a family. And every step of the way, as Samuel grew from power zone to voltage to oxygen to, to you know, young adult small group and to where he's now, he's currently doing internship at um, Elam Christian Center. So at every point in his life, God had placed someone to raise that child in this village. And I'd like to make a special mention to Frosty and Darcy here, who were his um, youth pastors back in the days in um, Elam Botany. And that was a crucial time for Samuel because he was in his teenage. And that was a time when hormones go left, right, and center. And it is very difficult for just the parent to rein it all in. You need the support across. And, you know, the support came through in the form of youth pastors and his friends within church and the community. So that was when we realized that God was there in every step of the way, and he introduced people in that village. So I, would, I personally experienced how much the village can do for a child to grow. And today, for what he is, I'm thankful for this village, Elam Village. That's amazing. Um, Tamsin, I want to bring it over to you and kind of ask a follow-on question from that. You know, and I love what you shared about how the village can impact a child. Tamsin, how could a village impact the parent? You know, I, we have the village speaking into children's lives and, and helping be there and support for that through all these different stages, like you mentioned. But how has it impacted you as a parent, you know, with your two young ones? Has the village helped you in any way? There is such a wealth of wisdom and knowledge in this room. And I can think of countless mothers where I've just sat in front of them in awe mm. and be like, how do you do this? Mm. And because they're in my village, they're able to impart that wisdom to me. Um, so it's a sense of community in that sense, a, a place, a safe place that you know you can come and ask mm. advice for. Um, and then really practical things too, like I'm really struggling this week. Would you like me to drop a dinner around? Amazing, thank you, yeah. please say yes. Like, yeah, yeah it's incredible. That's awesome. Hanukkah, I'm going to come to you now, kind of following on with this. I think, you know, the, the village is here. You know, Elam is definitely a village, but sometimes people find it hard to ask for help. Uh, sometimes people find it hard to step out. Like, is it okay to ask for help? And, and if so, what's the best way for somebody to get that support around them? Because I imagine as, you know, Daisy and Tamsin are sharing, there's some people sitting here being like, I need that, but I don't know how to get that. What would you say to them? Um, I think the hard thing with asking for help is that often when you need help the most, that's when you are less likely to reach out. Mm. Um, and you just kind of almost protect yourself a little bit and yeah. you just think, I'm just going to struggle through on my own. Um, and so I think it is just that actual step of just reaching out to someone, someone who you trust. And um, like sometimes it is just for advice or it is a meal or it is or maybe you just want to really talk through an issue that your kids are going through find someone that you trust so that you know that you know your children's issues aren't going everywhere um and um and a fellow christian parent who is for your kids who can pray with you about things and um but it is just it's courageous to just say hey i just need a bit of help or i'm struggling but um 
yeah, I would just encourage you to do it to someone. Yeah. yeah. And that goes not just for the parents in the room, but for anybody, for anybody to actually, no matter what season you're walking through, however difficult it might be, there's people in this room, in this church family that would love to come alongside you and, and help you out in whatever way that we possibly can. Yeah. Well, as I, I had mentioned earlier when these ladies joined us, that there's an age range um, of their kids up here. And so I want to start with Daisy on the end. Um, you mentioned that your oldest son, Samuel, the miracle baby that you prayed for, he's now 21 and he's our second year intern here at church. So we get to hang out with Samuel all the time. And he is currently leading the five to 10 year olds in power zone. So he's looking after your kids if they're hanging out in power zone right now. And it's amazing to see Samuel's heart for Jesus and his heart for the church. He's a young adult in a culture right now where many young adults are struggling. He is so on fire for Jesus and pursuing that. So what would you say to a mom like Hanukkah, who her kids are ages 10 to 17. They're eventually going to reach those young adult years. And I know that Hanukkah and Brendan's heart would be that they too would still love God and love Jesus in those young adult years. What advice could you give to her? Um, if I'm looking back, um, though I wasn't an expert, I'm not an expert, but just on experience. When Samuel stepped into the teenage years, these are the few things that we did which worked for us. So first of all, understanding what their world looks like. Getting into and stepping into a teenage um, world, however scary and smelly it can be, I think we need to. Um, and then once we get to understand their world, it's easier to understand what the interests and passions are. And once we get to understand that, it, it makes it a little easier to connect it back to what their purpose in life is and if the purpose in life aligns to what God wants them to be. And a reminder every now and then to put forward their interest and passion, be it at school or university or wherever they are, as well as, in, most importantly, at church. So it, it was easier for us to do that. And then secondly, it is about helping them understand the love of God. So just like any one of us who go to Jesus, our Father, and we are in an environment where Jesus has created where we're able to cry and say anything and everything to him. For example, it could be that I have made a mistake, but I am able to go into that safe environment that Jesus has created and said, Lord, I have made this mistake. I'm really sorry. What can I do? Please give me guidance and advice. In, in a teen's world, it happens more. And we know because we've all gone through that. And to create, as a parent, to create that environment for the child was important for us. And when a child makes that mistake, giving that safe environment allows them to be vulnerable, open up to parents and say, this is the mistake I've done. It is important to balance to say, yes, what you've done is right or wrong in the eyes of Lord. However, there is a prayer and we can walk together and come through that in grace and you can then be back again on your feet and be, you know, the person that you need to be that God created. And finally, it is about connecting to the right people. I guess we talked about the village. So it was important for us to connect to the right people in, in church or the community so that they look up to us as a role model and then connect to that specific group. Or it could be even serving or even a small group, whatever it might be. That definitely helps through that. Amazing. Thank you for that. Hanukkah, I'm going to come to you now. 
Um, you mentioned, you know, that you're one of our team leaders here and helping organize some of the dream team, but also your kids serve on our dream team too. You know, many of you might've seen uh, her eldest daughter welcoming on the door, smiling at you as you came in and her son was up here playing keys. In fact, I'm going to invite her son back up. Isaac, you can join us on keys now. Uh, but you have your kids serving in the church alongside you and Brendan, which is so incredible. What would you say to a younger mom like Tamsin? You know, she has a little toddler and a baby right now. But I imagine that Tamsin's heart is that as Jackson gets older, that you would love for Jackson to join the dream team and discover his purpose too. What would you say to somebody like her to develop that passion for Jesus within their kids so that they can develop their own relationship with God? Um. I think that it's really important that we don't just presume that our kids will um, follow God and become Christians. And, um, you know, I do acknowledge that there are amazing Christian parents who do everything and their kids don't. They choose to walk away. But I think all that we can do is um, do our best to put them in a position where um, they will thrive spiritually. Um, I think we share our faith with them. Like when they were really young, we would, and we still um, will have family devotions. We're actually all now doing the Bible recap together as a family. Um, and we'd go around and um, each child would pray. And so you just kind of get comfortable praying together and just living faith together. Um, when Brendan's mum was not well, we all gathered around. The kids would be a part of let's praying for her. And, and so um, I think that um, praying with your kids, praying for your kids, relating their experiences to different you know, characters in the Bible, all those sorts of things. Um, for us, it's really important for Brendan and I that we um, serve in some capacity in church. So when our kids were small, we would serve in kids' church, and they really loved us being there. And um, so we'll serve just somewhere, and then our kids often just naturally fall in alongside you. And that just kind of helps to get them to know people and, and just feel a part of, of what's happening. Um, for us, church was a real priority. So for our family, um, we don't do church sports and different things on Sunday. Um, just because we really value church. And I think when we as parents serve in church, then we are showing our children that church is a priority. It is important to set that time aside. And and I think that um, that helps because it is, it connects them with the village who then uh, help. And there does come a point where when other people and other families and youth leaders and pastors are speaking the same message, they're hearing it, that really just kind of helps um, Especially as the world gets more liberal and there are, you know, like things are not, it's not so black and white for our kids anymore necessarily. That, that really helps. So, yeah. I love that. Tamsin, we'll come to you. Um, I, like you said, people can usually find you in the parents' room and people might not know this, but she started our Mums and Bubs small group, which is ever-growing. She now leads that along with another mom named Emily. Um, but she's always welcoming these new parents, young parents, with such an open heart and embracing them. And I'm wondering, what developed such a deep love within you for these new parents, these young parents? What inspired you to open your home to them and to create community for them? And why do you think that's so important for those that maybe don't currently have that right now? Um, the only way I can explain going into motherhood is it's like the most intense roller coaster with all the loop-de-loops but you feel like you're in another galaxy and you're completely sleep deprived entirely sleep deprived um and so being around other people that are going through that at the same time or have just gone through it and can say yes it is that hard it is but you can do it and you can get through it and wait till you reach this milestone and this milestone and things like that um has been huge so um spending mondays 
with my mums and their friends and seeing our kids develop relationships is just the best way to start the week um, and to see, yeah, to see those, those community happening um, is, is what you need. So yeah, if you are looking for community, if you are looking, you're a young parent, um, get alongside each other because it's, it's tricky to do alone, yeah. Absolutely. And I would encourage that community invitation to everybody, not just the, the young new parents, but we all need community. We all need people to get alongside us and say, hey, you're not the only one that's walked through that. In fact, here's my experience and, and here's, how I can, here's how I can help um, or here's a hug, you know? And so I, I encourage you all to really consider that, to plug into community. Let people know you. Let people know your story and what you're walking through. Uh, as we close, I just want to finish with this last question. Any one of you can answer. Um, I know, Daisy, you've walked this journey a bit, so I don't know if you have some to share on this, but what would you say to somebody who is sitting here today that desperately wants to be a parent, but it hasn't happened for them yet? How would you encourage them on this Mother's Day? It is a difficult journey, I should say that, because I have walked that through for three years. The one thing that I learned through that period is, which was towards the end, by the way, because every day seemed like five years. Um, but the one thing that I learned was that God was nurturing me and every day was teaching the characteristics of motherhood. And he taught me that you don't have to be a mother as yet to exhibit this character but you can do that every day with every single person that you come across in your life. And what he taught me was that faith and trust, you take that on your hand and with me, walk along and trust me. And while you're doing that, I'd like to see how you're exhibiting this characteristics of a motherhood in your daily life. It could be, you know, in, in your own household. I had a sister-in-law who was 16 years younger than Wesley. So I started being the mother to her. And that was being a spiritual mother. And then I slowly looked at, you know, my friends. There are many characters that you can work through in your period in your life, even before having a physical, you know, child. And I think through those years, God got me ready. And there's a reason and a purpose for the time that you wait. And for everybody, there is something that God wants, you know, to grow within you. Embrace that, hold on to that faith, and walk in the journey. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. Church, can we please put our hands together and thank these three amazing women?